1: The Sports Complex Ah! of the Horn.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Uh, getting things going here on a Monday afternoon with uh, some, some, some football talk. Texas football holds on to get the win against TCU. Cowboys win big over the Giants. No surprise there. Texans get a big win over the Bengals. There is some surprise there. Uh, Texas basketball also played. Uh, Friday night, we'll talk about that game as well. Some sound from Hook Him Up with Ian Rodby, Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. And of course, of course, whatever you guys want to talk about on the text line. The text line is open and ready for you guys. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. Throw your names in there, throw your numbers in there, throw your your conversations, your hot takes after a, uh, a win that Texas got over TCU that, you know, we're a, we're a couple days past now. But some of you may have been waiting till Monday to get the feelings out and you've been processing them. If you got some takes on that, uh, on what Texas game, uh, if you got some Cowboys takes, some Texans take, uh, you know, Texas basketball. If you got an NBA you want to talk about, we can talk NBA as well. Uh, the Astros have a new manager uh, Joe Espada is a new manager for the Astros. The, the Aggies don't have a coach. The team the Aggies beat don't have a coach. Joe Jimbo Fisher got lost after winning. It's <laughs> just funny. You know they were like, "Well, after he beats the Mississippi State, no one will care." Uh, they fired him after a win, but they fired, and the Mississippi State fired their coach too because they lost to a team that was firing to their coach, I guess. Uh, and but Jimbo Fisher is a very rich man today. Um, I don't know if they wrote him the check today, but he just won the lottery. Uh, by being bad, by being good at once and then worse. Now uh, he won that lottery, so good for good for Jimbo there. Uh, the 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 Longhorns not in that position. Nine and one, nine and one, leading the Big Twelve. The only one lost team in the Big Twelve. Uh, they're still up there in the polls. You know, we wanted a style point victory that did not happen. But you know, you you don't always get what you want. You got the W. Free Texas. Sark spoke to the media today. Uh, we'll play that in a little bit. I mean, there are some first thoughts of this, that this game was not as bad on a rewatch as it was originally. It was exactly as infuriating because you're watching the first part of the game on a rewatch, the entire first three quarters you watch on a rewatch basically thinking, how was this game so close? How was this game close at all is what you do for three quarters of the game and then you remember at the end when everything seemed to go haywire, and in reality, and Sark addressed it in uh, in his comments today, addressed it on Saturday, that he basically just wanted to run the ball in the second half. And I think part of this is he is a little worried about the turnovers. He was worried that a turnover after the uh, Kansas State game, he was worried, man, we can't give him a short field. If we give him a short field, we're screwed. But in that, he went uber conservative and only ran the ball. And as much as he likes to say we'd like to be able to run the ball with the other team knowing we're going to run the ball, at a certain point, you still have to throw the ball. And now he did on that big third and 12. I mean, it's third and 12. He kind of had to throw the ball. He threw it there. It also opens the door for the question. Was Quinn Ewers healthy enough to throw the ball in the second half? We knew he could throw short yardage. But did Quinn Ewers have a full arm? It seemed... Then on that throw at the end, that was everything he had to put a ball not that far downfield. That's what it seemed like. Now, I'm not—we none of us are doctors. None of us know what Quinn could actually do. You know, I, none of us know that. We, 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 I'll play you some sound in a second today of uh, what Sark said about Quinn. So, it, you know, there's no comment afterwards that Quinn was hurt in that second half, that he went back to the locker room just before the first half, and that wasn't too surprising. You figured he was going to get some treatment anyway at half, and they can go start that a couple seconds early. So that wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, but if you say that, that game play in the second half seemed as if something was up, seemed if he was slightly off of what he wanted to do, that maybe some of those plays were taken out. Maybe, you know, he had some deep shots thrown in in that second half, and those were all removed. So he went to bubble screens, and he went to screens, and he went to just running the ball, and it wasn't a ton of creativity in it. It wasn't really surprising. I think you could have tried to mask a bit more, and I know he wants to keep saying we want to be able to run the ball when people know we're going to run the ball. Yeah, that's great, but you also want to sometimes pick up yards, and to do that, you need to somewhat display it. Of course, the Jonathan Brooks injury, and, and terrible news for Jonathan Brooks. Hate it as a Longhorn fan. Hate it especially for, for that young man uh, tearing his ACL out for the rest of the season uh, is a really tough blow for this Texas team, is a tough blow for the young man who was having a an excellent season uh, going in and, and you know started to get talk of Heisman talk. Started not, not winning it, I don't think, but being in the room. He was getting that talk of if he could continue what he was doing, and he was doing really well in that game. Once he went down and you lose that kind of extra three to four yards of carry that sometimes he brings, and if you say we can run Jonathan Brooks three times and we feel pretty good about getting a first down, uh, once you lost that, C.J. Baxter's going to have a bright future, but he's, he's getting – he has some two-yard carries. He has some of those shorter carries. I, I think that you know you have to be able to throw the ball a little bit. I think there's stuff that you've seen other teams do. When why can't you just steal slant routes and why can't you just steal some easier stuff that I get it's not as easy as, you know, one, two, three, but it is you know, something you should be able to do, put the ball over the middle. You have great wide receivers. JT Sanders had a great game early in this game, made some huge plays to help this team ahead. You have A.D. Mitchell who makes a big catch down there on the sideline to basically cl- uh, clinch the game. You have Xavier Worthy, who we all know, Sark clubs So it felt like they could have gone a bit more aggressive in that second half. He'll say in, the, in that day he just wanted to run the ball. He just wanted to prove he could do it. But I don't know if that was the best plan. You get your defense once again putting them in a position where you're not really milking time. You're milking time, but you're not having a big drive the momentum does not seem to be shifting and the defense gets put on their heels on a team that has to throw the ball over and over again. And you don't want to fly the big play over the top. So you're trying to play underneath and then they're just getting beat up and they don't feel like they're doing well and it just spirals out of control. So Sark is going to have to address a lot of these problems, but Texas does get the win. Here's Sark today when he was talking about uh, TCU, he kind of gives this it's a little bit lengthy, but this is him, what he takes, what he took out of a day later watching the TCU game film. Here's what Sark had to say.
2: Alrighty, Good morning, everybody. Um, you know, I think just to recap in the ball game here, um, the other night I was uh, really impressed with our team uh, in the way that we played for about three quarters. Um, the, the, I thought... The energy, the mental intensity, the way we took the field, um, not being affected by the crowd, um, and and playing our brand, our style of football, really really showed through. And um, you know, obviously there's some there's some highlight plays in there. I mean, the most notable one to me, you know, watching watching the replay of the game again is, um, you know, the interception we throw. Obviously, not not a great read and pass and all that, uh, but the effort that our guys played with. And you know, so many times we talk about effort, um, we think about you know, maybe a guy who get, has minimal reps or a guy who just is on special teams. But when you watch that play and you think it's Jordan Whittington who misses a tackle, gets back up, comes all the way back 40 yards later, and makes a tackle and punches it out. And Xavier Worthy, who was the intended receiver, who a guy's laying on top of him at at the opposite 20-yard line to sprint himself back to dive and and recover that fumble, I think is just indicative of the character of this team, uh, the culture of this team. Uh, When those two guys are playing that way, uh, I think that that sends a pretty easy message to everybody else of what's the standard in the way that we play the game. And so I was really encouraged uh, by that. Uh, naturally, uh, the fourth quarter, we didn't play very good football. Um, and, and that starts with, with our with our ability to continue to motivate the players to have the right mental intensity. Uh, we had really poor tackling uh, on defense and, and didn't leverage the ball very well when they were going to throw it. Naturally, I mean, they throw an eight-yard curl route and it goes for 42 yards. That should never happen. Th- those are things that didn't happen in the first half of the game. Um, obviously, offensively, you know, one of the goals going into that game was to try to stay out of third and long, uh, an area where we were in a ton of third and longs the previous week. The goal was to stay out of third and long um, and to go two for eight on third and one to three in the game is unacceptable. Uh, and So that, that, those two things, we couldn't sustain drives offensively. Um, we were giving up chunk plays defensively. They were scoring quickly. Uh, and then we didn't operate very good on special teams. We didn't punt the ball like we've been punting all year. Um, We didn't cover uh, on our punt unit like like we've accustomed to, to, to covering. We get an uncharacteristic, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty uh, on the play that finishes out of bounds. So we did things out of character. And so um, we, we have to do a better job of, of keeping our mental intensity, our focus, and continuing to play the brand and style of football that got us that lead. Um, and so for a team that has been so good in the fourth quarter all year, for us to get outscored 20-3 to three in the fourth quarter, A, I would say, is out of character and B I would say is unacceptable uh, and so you know clearly we address those things today uh, with the team and I think the team responded to it they understood that um, naturally we were able to so, so, you know sustain that drive at the end of the game and maintain the football. Um, tremendous play obviously there with with Quinn and, and ad making an adjustment on the ball, but the protection was really good, really good too. Cedric Baxter picking up the blitz, uh, the interior offensive line picking up the pressure to give uh, Quinn a clean pocket. say so from an offensive line perspective, you know this is two weeks in a row, no sacks, really clean game. Um, You know, I thought they they protected the quarterback well. You know, we ran the ball pretty effectively. Uh, Really nice job on the screen to Jonathan. Uh, But we've got to be better all-encompassing, coaches included, offensive line, tight ends, runners, in our short yardage situations. Um, You know, we we pride ourselves around here on being able to run the football when the opponents know we're going to run the football. And um, we just haven't been great at it. Uh, But we'll continue to work on it. Like I've said earlier, you know, championship teams get better as the season goes on and there's always room for improvement and everybody's got room to improve on our team uh, and that's clearly an area where we've got to we've got to drill down on and and improve upon
0: yeah everybody has room to improve on this team including the play calling because these cannot continue to happen you can't score three points in the second half you can't basically not have an offense in the second half and part of that may have been that Quinn Yours did not look like he had much of an arm in the second half. Now, whether he did or did not, only he and doctors and maybe Sark know if he could really throw the ball downfield. But it appeared that for whatever reason we were playing uh, with a quarterback that was very, very much a game manager uh, in that second half. I know they didn't want to have the turnover. They were worried about the turnovers. Uh, you didn't even turn over Josh Hoover the amount of times you would have liked to. Uh, he had one interception they technically have one fumble loss, but that is on an interception from Quinn, so Quinn's interception doesn't end up really hurting the team as much as you would have thought, which again, heads up play from those wide receivers to come back. But that's, that's kind of the difference of this team from years past, is the difference of a veteran team uh, that this, this Texas team does have a little bit more fight left in it that they want to stay into these games, that they, even when they are getting down at the end, they are still, you know, they're fighting on these plays. So I'll give them credit where credits due that they are winning the games because you know a difference between a really bad team and a really good team may be you know just a couple fighting on a couple plays and having the ball swing the ball the ball bounce slightly differently and you are now a nine and one team instead of a instead of what a six and six and four team that that's very possible for this Texas team they could have been six and four that Alabama game could have easily been a loss. I mean, I really think this could have been a 10-0 team if, if you know, you play Oklahoma slightly different. But Texas gets the win. They they do what they need to do. The second half, the passing defense. And Sark talked about kind of how you get this passing and why the passing defense was what it was. He said a couple times now that the passing defense is something more of, well, when you're up, when you get these leads, it's something that's going to happen. And which is Somewhat true, except if we can look at other teams and see that it's not happening to other teams, then that's not quite entirely the case. So something has to be changing. You're not bringing as much pressure as you wanted to be bringing. You're starting to dial back because you're so worried because early in the season you are getting beat over the top a lot. And now you're not really getting beat over the top. You get beat in the middle. You get beat on some other plays. That first touchdown was a really good catch where the defensive back just went under. I don't know why he went so far under than over, and if he would have made more contact on the body, then that wouldn't have been a a touchdown. So I don't know if it's simply the players not, you know, just over and over again having lapses, or if this is something where you need to start bringing more pressure and playing a little bit more aggressive, especially in the defense. I get it. I get that you may not be able to do it uh, as much as you like, as some of us would like to bring the pressure. You get three sacks in the game, six tackles for loss, which is not bad for this Texas team, but you would have liked to seen them get a little more pressure in the second half. You know, when you saw Josh, Hoover missing passes in the second half, it was because of the pressure they brought. Here's Sark talking about the passing defense.
2: I, I, I think it's probably a combination of things, you know, um, you know, I think in the first half the other night, we gave up 98 yards passing, okay? In the second half, we give up 200-and-something yards passing, you know, and, and and why is that? Is, you know, we, we, we're looking at, did we call it as aggressively, you know? And I, I think there's something to be said about that, that maybe we can stay a little bit more aggressive. Uh, Two, um, you know, are the players feeling to, like, well... They're behind, let's make sure I don't give up a big play and they're looking at the scoreboard, they're watching the clock. We, we we've got to maintain the mental intensity and focus of we're trying to be a dominant defense. It's not about what's on the scoreboard, it's about playing that play in the most dominant manner. And I don't think there's there's a better example of a play, like I said, than the eight yard curl route they throw. And we've got you know, three of our pretty good defenders that are, you know, all trying to leverage the ball. We don't leverage the ball, and we don't. I don't know if we get him in flag football, and he runs down the middle of the field and jumps over the next guy, and, and we look like a shell of ourselves defensively of, of who we really are. And so, one, a there's there's calling it aggressively, two there's playing it aggressively and playing fast and physical defense the way that w- that the standard is, and the standard is a standard, and it's not what the scoreboard says or how much time's left on the clock. And so, you know, I, I think in the end. When you start to play not to not to make a mistake, not to give up plays, naturally you're going to start to give up plays, and, and you're going to start to drift in coverage and let people get open. And so we need to stay aggressive in our play calls. We need to stay aggressive in our style of play, um, and we need to we need to play a physical brand of football. And I think that that's something that has starting and slowly have become a trademark of ours that we try to punish you, we try to punish quarterbacks, we try to punish runners, we try to punish receivers when they catch the ball. And we did not do that in the fourth quarter. And it looked like seven on seven out there. And too many times, even when we got a pass rush and we, we were affecting the quarterback, It was too easy of a a throw and catch, and now we're trying to rally and play in space. We need to make make tight tight quarters on people. We need to make contested catches and challenge catches and get tips and overthrows and get interceptions, and and we just didn't do that in that that second half, so we've got to get back to that.
0: Yeah, you didn't do that in the second half. You didn't play aggressive. You didn't go out to the plate, and... And look, this was a big topic of conversation all of last season. Not playing four quarters. Now the difference is you're nine and one this season. You are closing out the games, but you're doing it somehow backwardly. Like you're somehow just getting up, you know, more in the first half. Sometimes, sometimes you're getting a lucky play or a lucky turnover at the end, which you know you work for. But at a certain point, you feel like that luck's going to run out. And especially once you get, you know, you feel like you can make it through the Big Twelve. Uh, right now, you're playing Oklahoma State in that Big Twelve championship. And Mike Gundy's a good coach. You know, you don't want to put everything on that. But I don't know if it's a Big 12 that scares you as much. I know it's it's frightening every single week because all of our blood pressures go through the roof. And every single week we're yelling at the TV when we're having fun in the first half. And we're all having a beer and having a good time. And you got the chips and dip out. And everybody's having a good time. And by the second half, we're not talking anymore. And I'm just staring at the TV. And by the way, the announcers... Can we tone it back a notch? I know. I know you want the underdog to win. I know. I know you're rooting for a game. But, man, that was tough to listen to those announcers in the second half. Uh, Just, you know, that's where you got to flip over to Steno. You got to flip over to my man Craig Way. But it was was difficult in that second half. And they keep doing it. And they keep pushing you. And it's playing four quarters. It's setting yourself up. Sark talked about playing four quarters. The thing that Texas couldn't do last year, the thing that we talked about all early in this season, where he said they were running scrimmages and they were changing it up, and there was a part where he had a scrimmage where the fourth quarter wasn't as it wasn't doing as well in the fourth quarter, so he was going out there and yelling on players, and they changed up what they did at halftime, and they changed up their entrance back from halftime, and they were working on running drills and the rotation in the in the defense to get guys a little bit healthier and in the and in, in feeling better in the fourth quarter and I go this team is beat up we know Quinn is beat up we know Jonathan Brooks just had a major injury and this secondary has been beat up all season but you have to play four quarters because if you're the better team at the beginning when you're coming in beat up you're going to be the better team when you've been beating them up too. Here's Sark talking about playing four quarters.
2: I don't know um uh, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on wh- how are we going to improve and I, I don't know if I'm ever satisfied I mean I don't know I've never met a coach who was satisfied after a game there's always room to improve and so you know to, to think we we're going to go play a perfect game Saturday night probably not going to happen but I'm going to keep pushing our guys and be demanding of them to, to, to improve and I'm going to be demanding of our coaches to improve um, you know there's no time for us to sit back and accept it you know and so I, I don't know um, when, the, when exactly that last time was that? There's never been a game where I've gone in on a Monday morning and didn't have corrections to make, and so um, that's the challenge. You know, every 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 week there's there's different things where areas for where we can improve as a team, and uh, that this week that is of the utmost importance for us. All right, that leads us back to Big Fat Poll of the day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll
1: of the day on the horn.
0: So, we got a couple for you. One is going to be the easy poll. This is the easy, Paul. We're going to give the easy one, which is who was the MVP against TCU? Who was your MVP? Was it someone on the offense? Was it someone on the defense? Is it somebody like Jordan Whittington coming up and knocking the ball loose on that interception that really was a big time game changer? Was it, was it Burt Auburn hitting some, some field goals when Sark finally decided to just kick the ball instead of going up for it on fourth down all the time? And was it... Was it Quinn Ewers toughing it through and making a pass? Uh, Was it uh, Adonai Mitchell making a big catch? Was it Jonathan Brooks powering this team through to the the bitter end of his season and the unfortunate end of his season? Was it him? That's the first question. That's an easy one. Send that in on the text line. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. I also want to know from you guys what – what, for you, would you change? What adjustment would you have made in that second half? Would you try to throw the ball more? What would you have done defensively? What is the change that you want to see in this Texas team? What's the change that you're yelling at the TV? I kind of want to know what you guys' opinion was. I know what I was yelling at the TV. I want him to throw the ball a couple more times. Sark really doesn't like intermediate routes. He doesn't run them a ton. I would love some six, seven-yard routes. Not on a third down when you're throwing in front of the sticks. I'd like you to throw behind the sticks on a third down. But just before that, on a second down, throw a six-yard pass. I'm fine with that. Uh, I'd like to see some of those, but what's yours? What do you want to see more of this Texas team do in the second half? What adjustments are you trying to see? What are you yelling at your TV? 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Send those in. We'll keep the party going. We're going to come back, play some sound from Hook em Up with Ian B talking about how Texas plays games clubs and some stats and some numbers of why we might have to get used to it as Texas fans. Play that and your text, 512-447-3776. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
2: The Sports
1: Complex, afternoons 5 to 7, on The Horn.
2: Young, gifted, and black.
0: on the Sports Complex on the Horn on a Monday afternoon. Musical theme of the week. It's kind of weird covers. Interesting covers, I'll say. Interesting, they're not weird. Interesting cover versions of songs. Interesting cover versions. If you have any cinema in, they're going to be different. Some will be interesting because of the take on the song. Some will be interesting of somebody doing something you wouldn't expect them to do. This one, this is Elton John doing Young, Gifted, and Black. Just seems like an interesting choice for Elton John to do this song. Uh, but yeah, just listen to some uh, interesting I've listened to some interesting covers uh, over the weekend. I heard one and I thought about some others. So what we plan if you have one that I've not heard because they pop up when you start to do research on it and you start to look down some more of these uh, cover songs, you will find that there's just weird random covers that somebody thought it was a good idea. And I guess, so, you know, someone will think, oh, I've done that one or I've seen that one done so I like that song, so I'll do it, even though their styles aren't together. It's an interesting thing. Sometimes people do songs that the, the subject matter doesn't seem like it fits the person, like this one. Sometimes there's weird covers of they took a song that was really easy and beloved and then tried to weird it up. Send it, If you got those in, send those in on the text line to 512-447-3776. We're also asking who was the MVP against TCU. Some of you might need to go back and watch the first half. I've seen a little anger on the text line, which is okay. It's Monday. Get out of your system. We got a few days, and we'll get ready. We'll move on from TCU It is a 9-1 team, and we'll move on uh, getting ready for Iowa State. We're asking that. We're also asking, what adjustments would you make? If you've seen the last few games – you see the Texas falling apart in this second half. They're not playing four quarters. The fourth quarters have been very hard to watch. Very hard to watch. What are you yelling at your TV? What changes do you want to see? Uh, send that in on the text line, 512 447 3776. We do have a Texas that says top priority next season, but, but for this year, we need to accept the fact if it's fourth and one against St. Mary's All Girls Catholic School, those nuns are going to push us back, stop the game. Which he did. He had one fourth down. He went for it once on fourth down. We did not get it, but he went for it on fourth down once in this game. Uh, I, I'm more okay with going for it once on fourth down. But I agree with you. We saw Bert Auburn's kicking field goals. He's hitting some right now. He made some big ones. We're okay with field goals at points because he need them. And I get you want. I get you want to get the points. And I get if you think you have the shot. But once the ball is slowed down, and once you've slowed down and you are n- clearly not moving the ball, to then run the same kind of play, I don't appreciate that at all. No. Uh, we get uh, Jonathan Brooks as the MVP. You want to target Worthy in that second half, and Sarks needs to stop the crap about will there will be adversity. Sometimes great teams beat the crap out of the opponent. Without it, they create their own adversity to overcome. Coach, Coach told the so... The, told the, so the subconscious makes it happen. Need to be, needs to be, if any adversity, we come over it instead of there will be adversity. Uh, so you're thinking the subconscious, the people think they are making adversity. I I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not sure that's entirely, I don't know if it's a subconscious thing, is a poor play calling thing. And taking the foot off the gas, which is just ironic that he's an all gas, no brakes guy. Uh, but I want to tell you, so what, we're going to keep sending those in. We're going to get some more text here in a minute. I want to play some sound, though, because this is, from guys I respect, Aaron Hogan, Rod uh, Aaron Hogan, Rob Babers, any weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the horn. Uh, hook him up. And they were talking about this is kind of the, what you need to get used to with Texas because this is what Sark does, this is what Texas does, and maybe it'll change one day, but I don't know if it's changing the season. Here's uh, some good sound from Hook Him Up with Ian Robbie this morning.
3: All right, let's talk about the uh, Texas defense really quickly. Uh, people want to know what's happening to the Texas defense, right, late in these stretches. Um, how are teams able to exploit the Texas defense, move the football in the passing game? Give, a, give some credit to TCU, by the way. They, we, I thought they would abandon the running game, really come out and never even establish it. And early on, I, they did take that approach in the first half. Uh, in the second half, they came out and still decided, even down 20, they were going to run the football. Against Texas, I think they actually surprised Texas a little bit too. Uh, them staying that balanced, I did not expect them to run the football to an extent. And maybe because Texas had a light box the entire second half because they played with a 20-point lead, so they were playing with two high, uh, two deep safeties a lot of the time, and they invited the run game for TCU. Uh, but TCU decided to stay balanced. But one thing that starting to on a rear its ugly head again, and this is something that I, I talked about last season, and we got into it a little bit last. Week actually. And it, actually, we've been talking about this since the U of H game, I should say. The U of H game is probably when um, this became a bigger issue. U of H did a great job game planning against the Texas secondary. And they had a lot of inside breaking routes. Remember all the inside cuts, the drag routes, the crossing routes, uh, the, the overs, the unders, the, uh, the post route, the slants. I mean, they just they just really exposed Texas lack of inside leverage. And teams have really since that U of H game, they've kind of taken that uh, game plan and utilized it in their own way, creatively, deciding to use a lot of inside cuts. And the same thing through in this game versus TCU, tons of inside cuts and inside breaking routes. Um, I got tech I got Texas allowing over 10 yards per attempt on uh, inside cuts versus TCU. This inside breaking routes, 80% completion percentage. For Hoover throwing inside breaking routes. This is something Texas got to figure out. They got to figure out when they need to be inside leverage and when they have help, what they call hold help, which is a guy on the inside that can catch those inside breaking routes. Also, this is Texas. Um, communication issues once again um, coming up because Texas isn't passing off these routes successfully in coverage and these inside routes are crossers or drag routes that Texas is anticipating I'm going to pass this off to another defender inside and then there's no defender right. um, so that came back and that's been the case by the way going into that TCU game Teams were completing the last, if you will look at the last three games prior to that, all right, talking about U of H, BYU, K-State, teams were completing like over 70% of their inside cuts, inside breaking routes for 12 yards per attempt. Explosive play rate of over 35%, meaning a 15-plus yard play. Um, that's a problem. For Texas. And it's an issue because I think the the, the whole players aren't picking up the crossing routes. Also, Texas DBs at times uh, miscommunicating about when to pass off routes in coverage and then the lack of inside leverage. So it's multifactorial, but Texas got to figure that out defensively. Um, Because that's part of the reason teams are just able to, you know, make such big splash, chunk yardage plays in the second half. And have you you noticed how quickly teams are scoring against the Texas defense when they do actually find something to expose? They're (laughs) scoring fast. It takes like two and a half minutes.
1: Are are you noticing? Yeah, I think Longhorn fans, we're getting the messages. They're noticing. (laughs)
3: Shout out to my man uh, uh, Nash at Nash Talks Texas because he uh, brought it up via Twitter. Um, since the Oklahoma game, Texas has allowed 14 touchdowns. Ten of those drives were uh, less than two-and-a-half minutes of game clock. Teams score quickly because of these I'm talking chunk yardage plays we're talking about. That's why they're scoring quickly. It'd be different if you were forcing teams to put together seven, and, and sometimes they do it. TCU did, right, a long, sustained drive. The one they didn't score well, on. The one they didn't score on. And give to Texas defense credit because Texas is – Clutch in uh, critical moments like third down defense, best third down defense in the country right now. All right, best one of the best red zone defense, top three red zone defense right now in the country. So give them props, they're showing up when they have to. um, But the reason that these teams are moving the football so effectively and able to just throw the football down the field is because Texas is struggling right now to defend these inside breaking routes. And ever since U of H did it, it successfully, every team has decided, All right, you know what, inside breaking routes, let's go inside breaking routes. Texas got to figure that out. Also, something Texas has struggled with all season long. Um, has been targets to bunch formation. Uh, They broke it out again, too. They used a lot of targets to bunch. They would go empty, and they'd have these uh, clustered groups of receivers, um, and they would throw to targets to bunch a lot of times to Savion Williams, who was just uh, fantastic for them. you are talking about over 88% completion percentage when they were targets to bunch formation. That's something Texas has struggled with all season long. We saw that happen in the uh, the Bama game. Texas struggled with targets to bunch formation. They struggled with it um, in the Oklahoma game. Game, it was an issue for Texas. Um, hell, even in the U of H game, it was a huge issue for Texas. I got Texas going into that TCU game, seventy-eight um, percent completion percentage against um, tar- with, against targets to bunch, and you're talking about right now, uh, you know, at least going into that game over twelve yards per attempt when they were targeting a bunch formation, So the same issues that have the defense has struggled with. not improving, Rod. It's not getting better. No, no, it's we, not getting better. Two-minute defense, they get better. They got a pick in two-minute defense.
1: They did. That was big. They got a pick. Well, look, I mean, so that is improving. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's concerning. And, um, you know, we'll start looking into this Iowa State team and what they do with Rocco Beck oh. in breaking routes.
3: You know what they did last season? In breaking routes. Xavier Hutchinson. A lot of in-breaking routes, but they are the ones that exposed Texas last season in targets to bunch formations.
1: With Xavier Hutchinson. They're
3: the ones who did it. They broke it out and they probably had more success. I'll give you my notes uh, next time we break this down, but they probably had more success than any other team targeting bunch formations. Last year, you're right, it was Xavier Hutchinson who probably lost that game off of that dropped touchdown or dropped potential touchdown that he had in the Texas. late
1: Late turnover forced yep. by Jalen Ford and Anthony Cook last year. So, yeah, you can expect another close game. Because, as we said, there are now some. Uh, them things we know, right? I mean, we're we're, oh. we're built on habits, and the Longhorns are a team who are going to take a a, a game that shouldn't be close, and it's going to become close. But that's you know, as you said, you'll be, you'll be, you'll enjoy this team more if you just accept that. Uh, and I, the other part of that is there's, there's another team playing, and the, the, what I'll give Sonny Dykes credit for is his team never stopped playing. They could have folded it up and gone they home. Didn't? Uh, they did yeah. They they played good ball, and you know at the end of the day, uh, you know Texas. This game came down to TCU mistakes or forced mistakes by Texas on TCU who are a mistake-prone team. If you look at the interception right before the half, uh, the penalties in the first half to derail drives for TCU. Sonny Dykes would tell you that, you know, when, when you remember when Vernon Broughton pretty much shut a drive down for them when he you know, oh, beat yeah. the center off the face? and Yeah. You know, those, are, those are things where TCU is saying, we're, we're killing ourselves here, guys. Uh, we're missing blocks. We're throwing interceptions. And in the third and fourth quarter, they didn't make those mistakes, quite mm-hmm. honestly. And so sometimes the thing was we talked during the week for five hours and then pregame shows – you know, you say things, Rod, and then we talk about this is a good team with five losses. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, now have got to watch
3: the games and see how they're losing and,
0: and go. I think people
1: yeah. – so what does that mean? Well, they have good players. Yep. <laughs> and they're losing games because they make mistakes. Boom. And why is Texas a good team? They have good players and they make some mistakes, but then they make huge plays and huge, huge moments of mm-hmm. games. And that's that's when you say they're a, Texas is a flawed team. They are flawed. Uh, but they – they overcome their flaws, mm-hmm. and that's what makes them a nine and one team that you should enjoy. It's going to give you a cardiac arrest. Yes, I get it. It's going to make you <laughs> yeah. your hair come out. But man, this is this is the high
3: water mark for the program in the last fifteen years. Yeah, and once you accept who they are, once you accept their their faults, and once you accept their you know the the, the liabilities at times uh, within the uh, the offense and within the defense then you can enjoy the experience a little bit more because they're not going to change over and become a complete team. They're not going to become a dominant team. They are what they are, but they're still nine and one because they're clutching critical moments. So I've been I've enjoyed the last three weeks. Lohan fans I probably have not. I've enjoyed it because now I know who they are. After the U of H game, I started coming here saying the same thing. Guys, this is who they are. I've watched enough film on them. They they're gonna give they are gonna have lapses. and you were talking about this even after the Bama game. They have you called them like the Golden State Warriors. You said they'll have this. His, this, this uh, Yes, this stretch where they go supernova on you. And they get so hot as a team that they just separate themselves. And it, it rang true because in the, in the Wyoming game, what happened? Oh, man, they played a lull of a game. And then they had that spurt, that stretch you're talking about they had in the fourth quarter. So they're going to have that. And what we found now is sometimes it comes early. Sometimes it comes in the second quarter. But just like they're going to have the spurt of spectacular, they're also going to have that lull and lapse. And that's and just like you, you don't know when you're going to get either. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully you can hold on. Hopefully, exactly. Hopefully you can hang on. Well, yeah, we've uh, seen that's him. it. We've
1: seen them come from behind the games. We've seen them you know, break yeah. games open. And you're right, the spurt in this game came in the second quarter when it was 7-6, to six, and exactly. all of a sudden it was 26-6. to six. There you go. And
3: <laughs> right at the end of that first half, we're yeah. like, damn, okay, they separated. Yeah,
1: they it. go on an 85-yard drive, stick in the end zone. Qu- Quinn makes a bunch of big third down yeah. conversions, and, and then, then when, they get the pick.
3: And, and then when the low come like the end of the third getting of the fourth, fourth. <laughs> the law you like so you know the law is coming your hope is that the law comes earlier and you don't have it late cuz now the law is coming late it's coming in the fourth quarter for them, yeah. right? The lapses are coming in the fourth quarter, and that's why Longhorn fans are getting nervous. They're thinking, "Guys, you guys are trending toward a loss because your lapses are coming in the fourth quarter when you're supposed it, to have your clutch, critical and it moments." Is,
1: it's not wrong to say I'm enjoying this team, but it's going to cost them at some point. Oh it yeah, will, you can't
3: you can't just keep walking this tightrope and never think you're going to fall off of it. No, you're going to fall but, off of it at the one point. The coin is
1: eventually going to flip the tails. So yes. Yeah, you can't. Uh, well, look, ask Sunny Dice. He's
3: la vida loca here, man. It, well, look, TCU <laughs>
1: rode this coin flip thing to the national championship game last year I and that. it came to an end for them rod and overtime against k-state in the big 12 championship game mm-hmm. that's where the coin flip game ended for them yeah the football guys and they didn't honest, win the championship you're right um so there you go
0: texas may not be blowing out anybody time anytime soon and i know that's not music to anyone on this Listening's ears, but you know, you're nine and one, nine and one. We have to take it. That's some good stuff from Hook 'em Up, the Ian, uh, Ian Robbie weekday mornings, six to 11, right here on the horn. Text line, five, one, two, We're asking who is the MVP against TCU, and we're asking you, what were you yelling at your TV? What would you change? What adjustments would you make if you were the coach? If you were in that situation, you got some extra time to think about it now, but what, what do you think? What would you do? We want to ask you that. We're going to get back to the text line 512-447-3776. Right after this break, we'll get into some of your text. And the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to get into some NFL. We'll talk a little Texas basketball as well uh, as they are now 2-0. They play their next game on Wednesday. We'll get into that as well. If anything you guys want to talk about, set us up on the text line. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
1: Oh, where have you been, my
0: blue-white son? Where have you been, my darling young one? I've stumbled on the side of twelve misty mountains and Walked and i crawled on six crooked highways Back on the Sports Complex here on The Horn. Musical theme of the week is interesting covers. Just felt like doing some interesting covers. This is Brian Ferry doing Bob Dylan's A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. I don't know why, but it's an interesting cover. If you've got some, send those in on the text line. I'd love to hear some other interesting covers. 512-447-3776. We'll be playing them all week long. If you send me good one, I'll play it on here too. Uh Text line's open. 512 447 Three, seven, seven, six. We've been asking you guys, uh, who's your MVP. We've been asking you guys, uh, who you would like to, uh, what would you would like to see change? What adjustments would you have made if you were the coach in that situation? And, uh, and we're getting a lot of good texts from you guys. I will say some of you guys may need to go back and watch the first half, especially the second quarter. Uh, and then you'll be a little bit happier. Uh, we got, uh, I would like to see Jordan Whittington use more in those intermediate routes. Uh, they used to throw them when when he was like the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, also, something's got to be done making these mediocre quarterbacks look like Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah, the second half, the secondary, and again, I, I think in the second half, in those quarterbacks, when they throw the ball. You have to keep bringing pressure. You have to allow the risk of a big play, or else you allow a bunch of small plays. It's like death by a thousand stab wounds. You know, you can't if, if you want to protect the most vital organs, it's fine, but they're still gonna kill you. So you have to find ways. And now there is the theory of, well, if they score a quick thing, come back. But they're scoring in three to four, like two, three-minute drives. These are not long drives where you're really slowing them down because people can play faster now and people can go and everyone practices hurrying it up. And, and it just seems like it's a weird thing for you to do to consistently stop putting pressure on the quarterback uh, and stop blitzing more. And then when you do, it seems to work. And then it'll be a big third down or something, and you'll sit back to to make sure the play doesn't go anywhere, and it does. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. I'd like to see – and I like, agree with you on the Jordan Whittington too. Uh, those routes over the middle, give it to a guy who you think can fight for a couple more yards. I like that a lot. Uh, four quarters of all gas, no breaks, not two quarters. Yeah, that, that's, I think what a lot of us want him to be more aggressive. Now, there is part of it where there was parts early in the season where he was being very aggressive in the second half, and he's done in the past where he's very aggressive in the second half. And people got mad at him then because he's being too aggressive. Because you're a head coach, you're going to get it no matter what. But I think there is a mix where it seems like he's either only throwing deep balls downfield and like two passes out of three are going to be deep passes downfield, or I'm only running the ball. And it just seems like he doesn't – and when he says, I, I want to be a creative play caller, and then he runs the ball and he runs A-gap, B-gap, and he, he doesn't really create – he doesn't move a lot of off off-ball action – and all that, where you just go, I can get it, but there's middle ground. There's gray area, and he doesn't always hit that. Uh, Christian Jones, false start on fourth down, forcing Sark to kick the field goal makes him the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I like that text. I did not think about that that way. But uh, Christian Jones getting a false start, making them. I don't know if they were even going it at that point, but yeah, it, that, <laughs> that is a funny one. And uh, more passes to Sanders, uh, Helm, and uh, Whittington. Over the middle is what I want to see more of. Yeah, more passes over the middle. Everybody kind of just wants those. The passes that keep beating Texas is ones we'd like to see in our playbook. It feels like when you get beat by them so much, uh, that's what you want to get. Brooks, quit throwing so many bombs. More short passes. Again, short passes. I don't even know if he was throwing any bombs in the second half. I think he was throwing any bombs in the second half, but I agree with you there. Uh, Scarlett says, uh, nobody gets an MVP award for me. Scarlett. If you got Longhorn Network, go back, watch the first half, cool your brains, and then just shut it off. Just turn the TV off. You can watch it in the dark quarter a little bit, but turn the TV off. And they'll be like, okay, this Texas team does have some ability. This Texas team does have talent. It's annoying. It's frustrating. And it's annoying. It's like a band. If a band played a really good set, and at the end they played one of these covers that I'm playing, or they, they finished out their set by just smashing And they're like, oh, we're all going to trade instruments. They do something stupid. That's, and then you just walk away, and you're like, they, they finished off that encore. Sucked. That's what te- that's what Texas does. Is they just continually put themselves great great set, played all the hits and then the new album they play in the second half. Nobody gets into people more for me from Scarlet. That was garbage. Second half, it sure seemed like it was a first down run, second down run, third down predictable pass. Definitely change that up. I'd be okay to throw on first down, uh, bootleg or go play at down play action there. It really seems like easy money or if opponents are willing to sell out on you. And I get in play action by the way. They don't all need to be long balls. You can play action and have a guy cut out the middle, and if it's wide open over the middle, that's great. I don't. We don't always need a pass play to be 20 yards, uh, but no, I agree with you. Pass over the middle seems to be the pretty uh, consensus answer. Uh, we got to take another break before we get to the top of the hour. Reset. We're going back to 6 o'clock. We're going to start off with your text. 512 3776 Who's your MVP? What would you see changed? If you got any more covers you want me to hear me play this week, uh, interesting cover songs, uh, you send that in as well. Uh, we'll see what you want to talk about. We're going to talk some NFL in the 6 o'clock hour as well. And whatever you guys want. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. Right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, at hornfm.com.